Welcome to VCR, a virtual cinema rewind. Blake here with a brief introduction. This is The Matrix Primer Part 2. Jason and I are really excited for the release of The Matrix Resurrections out December 22nd. So we thought we'd give our viewers a primer on everything you need to know going into the fourth movie. So, if this is your first time finding our podcast here, this is part two, where we go over the Matrix Revolutions, as well as the Animatrix, and any other supplementary material we thought might be relevant to the fourth movie. And we get into some of our own personal theories, internet theories, and maybe some other stuff to get you ready for the fourth movie. If you're looking for a primer on the first Matrix movie or The Matrix Reloaded, I highly recommend going to the first part of this primer where we go over both those movies in detail. Without further ado, here's... The Matrix Primer Part 2. Yeah, so third movie starts out where Neo is in a coma still. Same with Bane, his counterpart in the beginning of this movie, where we know Bane now is potentially or is fully infected or taken over by Smith. And so they're both in a coma on surgery tables within one of the ships that exists outside of the matrix Mm -hmm. and the crew members are and Locke, who is an important member of the um the military arm of the zion fighters fighters yeah fighters whatever you want to call them who he's a great character Mm -hmm. um he is basically trying to lead the Zion resistance, the army wing, but he isn't super in belief of Neo. Right. So he's more of the pragmatic side, the the side that's thinking we have to think like machines. Mm-hmm. And so we're we're set off in this um this beginning where we find out that Neo is partially inside the matrix yeah his subconscious is still connected to the matrix yeah which is the end of the second movie yeah and where we find neo is in a train station which is a very coming and going middle ground kind of place it's the access point between the machine world and the matrix which is still separate from the human Yes. Universe. So it's, yeah, very much the mid-ground between the humans, the machines, and the Matrix. Uh-huh. And it's a very interesting place because he's basically stuck there in a loop. And if, if he stays there, he will stay there forever. Uh-huh. And there's a train conductor coming who is outside of the reach of let's say, the agents and the machines. He's kind of created this place. He states that he is the god of this place as he punches Neo as if he's still in the Matrix. But Neo doesn't have his in-Matrix powers. Mm -hmm. And this train conductor basically 
shows him that I have the power here. Mm-hmm. So we do have to quickly mention, because this is also going to be relevant to the fourth movie, that while Neo's in the train station, he does meet a group of programs also in the train station. It's a family of husband, wife, and daughter. And the daughter's name is Sati, who doesn't serve a purpose the same way that the other two programs do. And because of that, this daughter will actually be deleted because she doesn't serve a purpose to the machine world. Or the Matrix. Or the Matrix. And so essentially, the parents have decided to strike up an agreement with the Merovingian to take their daughter into the Matrix to basically move into exile and live kind of on the down low kind of thing. Yeah, like she's, they're trying to preserve her. And the way the father of this uh, family describes it is that he feels a certain love for her. And Neo, as a mostly human and partially um, computer, like he's in, in the between worlds, he says you are a program. How do you understand love? And this father, he says, there's a certain connection that you as humans have this word for love, Mm -hmm. but there's other purpose to it. And, um, it's a little bit convoluted, but yeah, we, we just see that the, the programs aren't just like terminators. Like the Smiths are, they, they can, have emotions whether they choose to call those emotions or not yeah yeah like there's a gray area between each of these worlds Mm -hmm. and other programs can exist in them yeah they have beliefs essentially from the train station neo is trying to get obviously back into the matrix or at least out of this limbo that he's in at the train station the train conductor stops him punches him in the chest throws him like through a wall all crazy like just like if uh him and smith were fighting in the matrix this guy has all power there mm-hmm. he's a program who controls this way station and he is in league with the merovingian mm-hmm. because if you go into the lore and everything and into the theory basically the merovingian is like a underworld protector kind of like he's like hades yep and he found a area where he could exist and have full power outside of the matrix. And from there he can, yeah, bring back programs or delete programs, send them wherever they have to be. Right. So, so at this point in time, we've got Morpheus and Trinity who are searching for Neo and Morpheus just has this inkling that in his head that Neo might be in the matrix still. So they're contacted actually by the Oracle who tells them where Neo actually is and kind of the connection between the train man and the Merovingian and that they need the Merovingian's help to if they're ever going to get Neo out of here essentially. Yeah, and Neo is like he tries to he tries to board a train. Train yeah. guy doesn't let him. And then he tries to run through like the train. It's like an underground passage where the trains go. Mm-hmm. And then he, he just loops back to where he is. So he's stuck. Yep. Trinity and Morpheus have to save him from there. There's no other way out. Yeah. And so then we get the confrontation with the Merovingian here, which is kind of a whole side plot thing. There's also another major rave happening. <laughs> Which is very essential to this universe. So essential. Raves, raves are the lifeblood of, <laughs> of the, the society. <laughs> yeah. 
they ask the Merovingian, they demand from the Merovingian the release of Neo. The Merovingian says, nah, suck it. No, he, he's, he says, you know what? I'll give you Neo if you give me the or- uh, Oracle's yes. eye. Yes, that's his primary motivation is to eliminate mm. the Oracle. And then we get an awesome line from Trinity, which yeah. is very probably similar to like the audience a little bit at this, where she's just like, I don't have time for this. It just basically grabs the gun and sticks it in the yeah. Merovingian's face and says, all right, we all go out a blaze of glory right now, or you give us Neo and we just go on our yeah, way. And Persephone is again, uh, she is like, she will literally kill us all because she's so in love with Neo. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so the Merovingian says, okay, I guess I'll give you where he is. Yes. And so we're reunited. Yeah, reunited. It's a little too nice of a re... Like, it was too easy. <laughs> it was, Yeah, but there's had... also a whole side plot going on. Well, there's yeah, all this other yeah. stuff. Like, they didn't even need that no, necessarily. Yeah. But um, they needed the fight scene and the rave to start the movie. <laughs> I'm... I wonder if they maybe needed that to introduce uh, Sati, but whatever. We, yeah, we yeah, have a we, lot to talk about. Yeah, so yeah, let's, get, let's keep going. So we have Neo and Bane waking up in one of the. Oh, yeah. One okay. of, one the, of ship. the ships. And then another ship comes by and finds them, and this is another regrouping of a couple. The only two ships left, basically, yeah. at this point. And they have also almost. They have found another downed ship, which is captained by Captain Nairobi. Yes, that's, or Nairobi. that's the other ship. Yeah. Yeah. Which we should have mentioned Nairobi earlier. Yeah, Niobe. Okay. So that Niobe, very important character because she will be in the next movie as well. So again, captain of another ship, dated uh, Morpheus, no longer dates Morpheus, now dates Commander Locke, and there's some tension between her and Morpheus. Yeah, yeah. So they get her ship up and running again. Neo gets a message from the Oracle saying that they need to meet. Uh, he goes sees. The Oracle who tells Neo basically that he now, instead of going to the source through the original way, what he actually has to do is go to the machine city to find the source there, which he will end the war if he does that. Yeah. One way or the other. One way or the other. Yes. The Oracle knows that she, she doesn't now understand which way it will go. It's just that it will end. Yeah. At this point, Neo says, I'm taking one of our ships. And yeah. and the one captain has a very much a problem with that. And Niobe says, fine, he can take my ship. And then Niobe gives up her ship. We've got a limited amount of time here because of all the kind of modifications to her ship to get it up and running so that they can, Neo can go off and do his thing. Niobe takes them on some crazy path on the way back to uh, Zion in order the, for them to get there in yeah. like really quick time. Three, that, she takes the mechanical lines, which are impossible to pilot. Yes. Yeah. Basically by a human. Yeah, exactly. So she, she takes, does it. she takes Morpheus and both crews and everybody except for Trinity and Neo who take the other ship and go to the machine city. But, 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 but <laughs> there's maybe an extra passenger yeah. on Trinity and Neo ship. So, at this point, Bane slash Smith yeah. wakes up. He kills the nurse that's supposed to be watching after both of them in their coma. Yep. And she had already predicted that uh, there's something going on with his brain activity mm-hmm. within the Matrix, how it looks so different than anything she's seen, except for the fact that it is 
a human that's jacked into the matrix right. while this guy's laying right there on the table in front of her. So she kind of predicted that Bane wakes up after um, Neo wakes up, Neo's off doing stuff. And then Bane wakes up and he, he's starting to speak yeah. with a certain cadence. The perfect, might I add, oh. the perfect impression of Hugo oh. Weaving's Agent Smith. Absolutely amazing. He's just, what if I set off the EMP? Yes. The enunciation, yeah. everything. Yeah. Perfect. Yeah. Ex- matches everything, exactly. Yeah. This guy absolutely killed it there. Yes. Props and, to that actor. Yeah. And um, obviously the characters in the scenes, they don't really know what Agent Smith sounds like, so she didn't know why he was acting so strange just that he woke up out of this coma. Then he obviously murders her straight up. Yeah. And then <laughs> uh, from there, he escapes. And Neo has gotten this uh, new ship from Niobe, who is now flying, piloting another ship. One down of the, the greatest mechanical flights lines. of all time, basically, we'll just say. Yeah, well. yeah. She's done this before, and everyone's like, no, it's impossible by a human, and she does it again. Yep. And then, so Neo starts off on his journey with Trinity to Machine City, which is the, like, power center of the machines who are the ai yeah and on his as they're about to leave there's just something wrong with the ship Mm -hmm. which the whole crew previously just regenerated the ship and it's ready to go Mm -hmm. so there's something wrong maybe there's a little power uh switch that has to be flicked trinity goes down and she finds bane and he's talking in this certain manner and she's I don't know why she didn't get it right away, but it's Smith. Yeah. Smith Bane. Smith. I mean, at no point has there ever been an agent or any program within the Matrix leaving the Matrix yes. like that through Hoodie's exactly. body. So it's it's not necessarily as a human being fathomable that, fathomable that that could happen. Yeah. So they have a little fight scene, and then uh, Neo comes down to try and see what's going on with Trinity, and she's like... It's Bane. He's insane. And then um, him and Bane have a little bit of a fight. And then Bane is like, Mr. Anderson. Yeah. Mr. Anderson. Mr. Anderson. Yeah. And and they have their kind of duel there, the one-on-one again, um, without Trinity. And at that point... Bane blinds Neo with a uh, electrical, electrical cable. Oh, yeah. that was gruesome. Yeah, too. yeah, and his eyes are just completely sealed and like, yeah, like flesh gross, melted. Puffy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But Neo can still see. He's, he has the Matrix vision yeah, in the so, real world. Still. So while this that whole coma thing helped him realize that he could be connected both physically and non-physically. He can separate his mind from his body. Yeah. And he can see the matrix where he can see machines and their uh, knowledge network kind of, and their electricity network. That's what he can see. So he learns after he's blinded, they can still see where these machines are and how they interact with their environment. Right. So that's what he learns there from that fight. Mm-hmm. And he kills Agent Smith Bane yeah. there. And they continue on their journey to the absolutely impossible to reach Machine City. Yes. Again, via visions that Neo's had in the past. We got to get back to Zion now. 
and yes. we're in the main docks, which sits above the actual city of Zion, and the machines burrow down into the docks, and we get the crazy fight scene with the mechs and the turrets and the people with the RPGs and everything else yeah. kind of happening. Great scene, but also they have a lot of campy stuff in it. This is where the side, there's an hour of side character quest. Again, the kid, this is where the kid, he enlists and he becomes an ammunitions kind of guy for the mechs. A reloader. A reloader, yeah. 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 Um, For Captain Mifuni. Yes. Who, he actually has quite a following um, just for his, his scenes in that. Yeah. And he's just a badass in a mech suit and he's just like ah, yeah. and shooting all of the uh sentinels. Yeah, exactly. In his mech suit. Yeah. So while the battle rages on, uh obviously there's the tunnelers, which people are blowing up so that they can't tunnel into the main city. We've got all the 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 hundred thousand uh sentinels flying through, murdering everyone, and in all of this chaos the uh, city realizes that there's one ship returning. And so we kind of have this last, like, epic run to the main door because they can't even open anymore because of all the technological stuff that the Sentinels have done. So they shoot the door open just in the nick of time for the crew of all of those three ships to fly in and hit the EMP and blow up every Sentinel in the area, basically. Which... Turns out to be amazing at first, and then 20 minutes later, the rest of the Sentinels show up, (laughs) and they have just disabled every mechanical thing in the area, including all of their own defense systems. So, now, at this point, the city of Zion and the uh, commander, I believe, Locke, says, uh, like, to these heroes... Locke is pissed. (laughs) Yeah, Locke is pissed. The heroes who just showed up in this... um, like, they drove through this crazy tunnel and then set off the MP, saved the moment. Yeah. And then he shows up and he's like, yeah, you just saved this minute. Yeah. But in five minutes, these other sentinels are going to show up because they know our defenses are down. Now, all we can do is burrow in with our last basically hold, Yeah, basically hold a single door, essentially. Yeah. yeah. To their temple, yeah, and which is the last of the living civilization of humans. Yeah. Think, think the last stand in the second uh, Lord of the Rings movie, mm. where at Helm's Deep, kind of that last stand that they yeah, make. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we just condensed an hour of of film into like five minutes there. Yeah. So yeah. we're making good time on this movie. <laughs> yeah, not bad, not bad compared to our previous two. <laughs> yeah. So. Meanwhile, we go back to Neo and Trinity who have made their way to the Machine City. They're basically attacked by a group of machines. Yeah, they they emerge on the surface of the planet because they've been all underground since now. And uh, so they emerge on the surface. And, of course, we have like a flashback to the first movie where Morpheus shows Neo what happened to the world. Mm-hmm. So that's what, what we see again. And it's just... A massive landscape of machines just dominating everything and Neo is blind at this point but he starts to get in touch with that golden glow um, vision that he has where he can see the network of machines 
and he looks at Trinity and he's like, are we above the fields? And she's like, yeah. And um, it's the fields of human batteries. Yeah. yeah. And the, the babies, basically, they're yeah. growing humans. Yeah, yeah. Which the machines are feeding off. Yeah. And you can see all of the like electricity going to this massive city. And there's all these clouds and just a desolate landscape of just pure desperation. Like it's just all absolutely terrible yeah. from a human perspective. So they are flying the ship and they're trying to avoid detection so that they can make it as far as they can. Uh, well, they're caught. Basically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, they and they get way caught. To the sh- on the way to the city, they're caught and hundreds of machines and these massive like turret things attack them. So yeah. they go up. They oh, go above oh. the clouds. They go above the clouds. So Trinity is the first human being to see the real sky in probably 600 years by yeah. my count. Yeah. And then they head back down. They crash. And Trinity dies. Yeah. Yeah. She gets... Tragically. Neo doesn't see it, of course, because he's blind at this point and he can only see machine activity. Yeah. And uh, Trinity is impaled by a bunch of different, like, rebar, basically, like, machine spikes. Yeah. So she has a long-winded speech about death and love and blah, blah, blah. Yeah. So that sets... Neo on a path and she says basically like I loved you as much as I could and I lived with you as long as I and like you you've revived me once and I got everything I could out of that extra time because right before I previously died I didn't say how much I loved you and then anyway she she dies tragically but uh Neo is given this uh new perspective of moving on for humanity and for life and for Trinity partially, but it's not so much for Trinity anymore as for a bigger purpose. So he walks with his supervision into the depths of the machine, machine city. city. Also known as zero one. Zero one. Uh, that makes sense. Coding yep, wise. Oh yep. one. Yeah. And there we meet the the leader of the machines, who kind of comes in the form of a baby face of all these other machines kind of operating together. It was like a bunch of sentinels that yep. created a speaking face and reactive face. Yes, and the name of that leader is Deus Ex Machina. Deus Ex Machina? Yep, that's the god yeah, of the yeah. machines. Which makes sense uh, cinematically. Yep. Yeah. So at this point, Neo basically pleads his case and says uh, that Smith is going to take over all of the Matrix, and he's not going to stop there. He wants to burn it all. Yeah, he's going to keep going because Smith has become so obsessed with the fact that there is no meaning to this. Yeah. There's no meaning to life, and there's no meaning to, like, trying to form this meaning. Yeah. There's he's just pure desolation basically. Yeah. And so initially Duces Mechana is is not buying this, but Neo kind of pleads his case and, and does kind of broker a deal to basically go back into the matrix, stop Smith, and in exchange for this, the machines will barter a truce with Zion, basically, and not destroy Zion again. And so then Neo gets jacked back into the Natrix, and we got our last kind of fight. Bas- it feels heavy. It, it it is heavy. Yeah. And there's 
a lot of meaning behind like why Smith is fighting so hard and like you really see like how he like had it all set up and he knew what was happening especially because now he has the oracle eyes yeah and he faces Neo saying I knew that this day would happen and all you see on the outskirts of this desolate city, because he has taken over the Matrix. He's simulated the entire population. The entire population is all Smiths. Yeah. And they're all just watching from the windows of these broken buildings and from the sidelines. And he says, I don't even need any of them. I'm going to fight you one-on-one. Yeah. Because this is how it ends. Yeah. And, and I know that I beat you, basically. Yeah, yeah. Uh, because... Again, he's been a sim- he's a simulated the oracle, and he can yeah. see everything. But yeah, yeah. So they fight, and there are so they had some amazing scenes there where um it's just pouring rain because Smith has taken over the Matrix and like it's a place where human misery would exist, and right. it's just pouring heavy rain. So we we get this epic fight, and then Neo is defeated. Yeah. And he accepts his defeat and allows Smith to basically assimilate him as well. Yes. But right before Smith, he really thinks he fucking won. Yeah. Like, he's like, I've seen this moment. Yeah. And right now, I know I'm supposed to say something. It's almost like he's experiencing deja vu. And he's like, this is the exact moment where I say the thing that ends it all. Yeah. And then he just forgets for a second. And then he says a quote, which is, everything that has a beginning has an end, Neo. Which is said by the Oracle in Mm. the second movie, or it's said previously by the the Oracle. And that shows where the Oracle became assimilated by Smith. And she held on to one last little bit of herself within Smith to break through at that last moment to tell Neo that he has to die because she had previously mentioned in this third movie that Neo and Smith are about balance. Yes. They balance each other perfectly. Mm -hmm. And for one to destroy the other, the other would rise. So. He and she knew that Neo wouldn't be able to destroy Smith, mm-hmm. and Smith wouldn't if he destroyed Neo, it would be horrible. So basically, she explained through this last line everything that has a beginning has an end, mm-hmm. and he knew that he had to become assimilated by Smith in that moment, right? And that is what allowed his so as soon as Smith put his uh like his assimilating hand into his body and he became he he assimilated him the same way as he has assimilated everything else in the matrix mm-hmm. that allowed the connection between neo's real body in real life in machine city that was just been jacked in by the leader of the machine city deus ex machina to force all of Machine City's power into every single Smith that existed in the Matrix at that point. Right. And that's why all of their 
their eyes all burned out and they're, they opened their mouths in agony and just light poured out Mm -hmm. and it destroyed every single Smith iteration within the matrix at that time. Yeah. So they basically, they basically, everybody's tricked Smith into assimilating Neo essentially at this point in time. Yeah. And, um, so within that, Neo had brokered a deal with the Deus Ex Machina leader of the machines to leave the humans alone, and we go into our next scene. So at this point in time, you know, Neo looks like he's dead, and the machines carry him his body away kind of thing. Mm. Back in Zion, we see all of the other Sentinels who have arrived at this point don't attack. And instead, they, they turn and leave. So everybody celebrates. Yeah, and the, the war is over. And again, it's the kid. And he runs through and he meets like the leader. Yeah. And he's like, he did it. Neo did it. Yeah. And then he runs through and he's like, we're free. We're free. And everyone just like massive celebration. Yeah. But and then so the very last scene, we go back into the Matrix and we see like everything that Smith did kind of gets erased and then we see Sadie from earlier, and uh, she gets up and she goes back to the Oracle who's sitting on a park bench, and um, she creates a sunset for Neo, and she says, like, do you think uh, we'll see Neo again? And the Oracle says, we'll see the one again. Yeah. And then she also speaks with the architect. They basically agree that, that peace is like brokered at this yeah. point that there's a truce and our the architect says you know this isn't gonna last forever and the oracle says that it'll last as long as it needs to basically yeah yeah and um the, and then they agree that any humans that want to leave the matrix will be allowed to yeah um, and she kind of says that like change is good this is a good change and he's like like basically he's saying like why would you go through all this effort and she just basically says, like, change is good. Yeah, and it kind of, the way that the movie ends is uh, Seraph asking the Oracle if she knew all of this was going to happen, and she says that she didn't know, but she believed. Yeah and, yeah. and that's kind of where we end is on that belief. Yeah. And and that's it. That's yeah. all you need to know going into the, ah, ah, there's more. <laughs> you. <laughs> the Matrix as a universe is, it's kind of interesting because it's kind of, the, one of the first cinematic universes that kind of, alongside Star Wars and a couple others, but it's one of the first in the 20th century to kind of have all of this extended universe and, and a lot of extra kind of things going on. Um, and one of those things is the Animatrix, actually, which comes out, I believe, between the Matrix Revolutions and the Resurrections. It's a series of short films, each about 15 minutes in length or so. There's nine of them. It works out to about an hour 40. And they're they're animated, as the title would maybe suggest. And they add in, like, filler detail into the other movies, add supplementary information, maybe explore the world a little bit. Each one kind of has a very different feel to it. Very There's some, different, like prequel, and then more details during. Yeah. And is there some after as well? Or uh, no, not no yet. No after, no. So th- th- I watched the Animatrix. Actually, it's my first time watching it earlier this week. I would say the short films can kind of vary between really good to kind of a complete waste of time apart from maybe one or two concepts that get explored 
so I'm just gonna very quickly touch on these. Honestly, you don't need to watch the Animatrix to be following along with the fourth film. I honestly don't think that any of this is required information really at all, but I'm gonna really quickly fly through this. So first we have the final flight of the Osiris. So this is kind of like a Rogue One, a Star Wars Ro Rogue One kind of feel to it, where essentially we see a ship accidentally stumble upon the army of Sentinels who are burrowing from the top of the Earth into Zion. And so they're the ones that actually let Niobe know that this is what's happening. Mm. And they're killed trying to get this information out. And that's why Niobe knows and they have... This is kind of the, the intro to The Matrix Reloaded, where basically all of the captains are talking about mm. this army approaching Zion. So following that, we have the second Renaissance, which is has two parts to it. This one's the best out of all nine of them, part one and part two. And this is a prequel shown from the perspective of the machines of how the war was initiated, the original war between humans and machines, how the machines tried to live in coexistence and the humans wouldn't allow it. And eventually how the robots took over the world and enslaved the human race as they had once been enslaved and made them into batteries able to live their lives out in the matrix kind of thing really good very graphic we see the first humans being forced into the matrix like very viscerally with all of the, the spikes uh, spikes yeah like all of the wires like neo kind of was jacked in originally to yeah. his pod we, we see them and that was haunting that'll last in my memory for yeah, so forever basically. throughout the uh, matrix films we see anyone outside of the matrix that is also like part of the matrix they have all those like tubes going into the back mm -hmm. of their head they're like the jacks mm -hmm. it's like a audio port for your uh aux cable yes exactly so they, like they have those like and they're they're put into them surgically or whatever yeah so you're saying that you saw them I haven't seen these. So you're yeah. saying you saw them just like stab them in yeah, directly was, through the and flesh. Like, and you know, the humans are awake and aware of this. And yeah. so they're like moaning and screaming. It was because it, the machines don't care. Yeah. They're just trying to figure it, this out. It was a lot. Oh, it was a lot. Yeah. It was good. I honestly, if you're going to watch any of these, I would highly recommend looking up the second Renaissance part one and part two and see if you can find those two. Cause those two were really good. And really it, it's again, it's, the machine's point of view so not necessarily a reliable narrator here either like they paint the machines mm. in maybe a better light than than what actually happened so but great great short stories there i think that's really all i wanted to bring up the only other thing i guess with it is it does introduce oh one the machine city that's actually in the middle east um hmm. is where they develop it they decided to build it in the cradle of humanity basically of course and again they say that they tried to live out in peace and that it was the humans who brought the war to them yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. very questionable unrelated unreliable narrator there the victor gets to write the history exactly after that we have kid's story which is the kid providing some extra light on kind of his past and how he exited the matrix and he actually was able, what they call self-substantiation. So he actually oh. was able to extract himself from the Matrix without any extra aid. So um, nobody else, like Morpheus, they didn't give him the pill. They nope. didn't give him the program or Nothing. anything. He, he, he wanted out, basically. He didn't think that 
reality was real. He was having dreams that seemed more real than reality. Mm. And the agents come for him, basically. And Neo warns him. Neo actually calls him up on the phone, very similar to how Morpheus kind of does in the first movie and tells him he needs to get away. And the kid at the beginning sees in his dreams that he jumps off of his school's roof and Mm. dies. And so he does the same thing, thinking Neo saves him. But instead, he saves himself. He pulls himself out of the Matrix that way. So so that's kind of an interesting backstory to the kid, which that actually... Gives more possibilities within the Matrix. Yeah, it gives more possibilities. And that's kind of one thing that the end of Matrix does do very well, is give more possibilities within the Matrix. Yeah, honestly, anything that extends just a little bit the core concepts... Mm -hmm. Like, I wish... We got this for several other series and movies. Yeah, there, there's so much extra content in here, and that's actually something I was going to bring up later, is that this was actually the Wachowski's intention. They wanted people to be as passionate and as interested in the world that they developed as they mm-hmm. were, and they wanted to give people with that passion kind of these extra little pieces out in the world for them to kind of kind of collect and, and digest themselves kind of thing. And that's why a lot of what I'm going to talk about, the really important stuff that I'm trying to hit or hit on from the other supplementary material it could be important because that's that's the mindset that the Wachowskis had back then and I can't imagine it changing too drastically yeah I feel like they had so much time to really dream up like what could be Mm -hmm. at this point yeah that we're entering the resurrection yeah uh so the next one's called program so this is actually something that we haven't mentioned yet, but we probably should have in the first movie, is that people can enter separate matrices, like offline matrices, which are programs basically designed by the humans. Um, and you could actually download into your mind different Program. training programs. Training, so yeah, like yeah. you can, there's a very fi- famous line where Neo goes, I know Kung Fu now. And then, and, and they're downloading all the different martial arts. At one point, Trinity downloads how to fly a helicopter. This kind of happens throughout the films. So in the short film program, we get one of uh, the the heroine of this short is in samurai times, just kind of training as a samurai, basically. And one of her friends kind of comes in through the program they kind of duel, they talk, friendly banter, and then he kind of posed the question to her if she regrets at all taking the red pill. And she doesn't say, she says no, basically. And then he kind of says, well, I am, and I've blocked the signal so that nobody can see us talking here in the real world. And I want to go back and I've brokered a deal so that we can go back. Hmm. Will you come with me? Because I don't want to do this alone. And she says, no, now I can't unknow what I know now. Yeah. And so they basically have a fight to the death because he can't let her go without her accepting it because she would be the death of him back in the real world. And so they they have this crazy battle and he says, you know, the, I've already sent the information to the machines. They're on their way. And she beats him and they get out and she finds out that it was all a test and that her team, she was new to coming out and that she passed the test she didn't accept that so kind of an interesting concept that that's maybe a bit more widespread than we initially see with cypher yeah, kind yeah, of thing yeah yeah so that's kind of where that's important world record we see is another next short film it's basically we see like a, a usain bolt running for the olympics and he ends up pushing his body 
beyond the limit of what's possible. Yeah. And then, and he breaks like one of his uh, muscles kind of disintegrates or whatever during the race. And he actually runs through it. And the agents watching realize that he's actually going to break the matrix because he's running past what huh. the human body is able yeah, to do. Yeah. Yeah. And so he actually does. He he runs so fast that suddenly the matrix like flickers for him basically, oh. and he sees like everything as it is like a program. Yeah, and the, oh, the so agents cool. aren't able to stop him from yeah. that. Hmm. So then the agents stop him eventually. Oh yeah, no, sorry, I forgot about this. So then he, so he ha- all sees all the matrix and everything. And then his brain actually, because he sees this, wakes up in oh, his pod wow. yeah. and sees everything going on. And it completely blows his mind, essentially. Yeah. And so a sentinel comes and like shoots him back into the Matrix. And he breaks a world record at this point. But then he's crippled from all of this. Oh, right? because wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so the, the short ends with him in the wheelchair and being yeah. wheeled out like completely unresponsive kind of thing and the agents watching but then he gets up and he stands up from the wheelchair and the agents like freak out because he like he walks away kind yeah of thing. yeah so, when he's like supposed to be paralyzed or yeah. something and like stuck in a state yeah so the important part of this short is that essentially people can wake themselves up from yeah the- there's there's so many there there are like probably at least a billion people still left being used as batteries yep. maybe seven probably, billion no, it's only probably about that much yeah um, yeah the because we don't have to get into that. that that's yeah. probably not relevant anyways but. yeah so there's there's a lot of people left and so the the amount of variation of running all these simulations for all of these brains there's got to be a certain amount of um Anomalies. Anomalies, yeah. yeah. So we only see a certain story of anomalies. Obviously, there's all these small ones, yeah. like what? that uh, guy breaking the speed. Yeah, speaking of anomalies, the next one, Beyond, follows a, a woman who loses her cat, and on her kind of... And while she's searching for her cat, she runs a, around a group of boys who tell her that it might be at the haunted house. So they all go to this haunted house, which is actually a spot where the matrix system is weak. Oh. And so they could kind of like abuse physics and stuff. Yeah. And while they're having fun, a group of agents detect that there's a glitch here. Yeah. And so they come in and it like whole hazmat, like clean up everybody, like take everybody out and force everybody out. Hmm. And the way this one ends is she goes back and to this place and it, everything's gone. Like all the kids are trying to like do the stuff and it's yeah. paved over. It's a parking yeah. lot now. Yeah. yeah. So that, that one was okay. Okay, too. Um, I like the little worlds that they're building there, the little stories. Yeah. No, I have good. to watch these. Yeah, it's worth a watch if you're a big super fan of I'm going to watch them before we, we go see the fourth. Yeah, good. The next one's actually probably my least favorite. It's called a detective story, and it's kind of like the film noir kind of detective-y kind mm. of thing, like that you can picture like the black and white kind yeah. of style. And so this guy is hired anonymously to find the hacker Trinity, and so he figures out that, like, the other detectives who have been sent on this task before have all ended up crazy or or have gone missing or have died, basically. Mm. So he finds her in a train, and then she detects that the agents have been following him. And so those two try to get away. And so they're running away, and they get to their own cart, and they're talking. And then he starts to kind of flicker, 
like he like one of the agents is starting to take him over because he's not yeah. out of the matrix no. yeah, he's yeah. like he's a blue pill inside the matrix yeah and she shoots him and says i'm sorry Hmm. But I can't let you turn. So they kind of have a back and forth and then she leaves kind of thing. Hmm. But this is kind of showcasing, like, the only thing that's relevant is that Trinity's in it and that, like, it shows a bit of her backstory, but also, like, just shows that you can stop an agent if you, if, if you're shoot the person yeah, in time yeah. kind of thing. But, uh, like I said, this one's probably my least favorite. Yeah. And then our last one, Matriculated. And this one's kind of weird. This one feels a little different too. This one, I don't know when it takes place, but there's actually a group of humans who have a lab on the surface. What they've been doing is capturing machines and converting them over to the human side. Mm. So what they do is they enter the matrix with the machines and they take them on this like psychedelic journey to show them like the positive traits about humanity and why humanity can be good. And then they convert the the machines over. Mm. And then at the end of the film, the machines find them and there's kind of a battle between the good machines, the bad machines and the humans. All of the humans are wiped out. All of the sentinels are wiped out and just one remaining good human kind of survives. Yeah. Okay. Um, so again, it's, it's a bit of a different take. It was kind of interesting, but probably not super relevant to everything going on. So, so that's the animatrix in a nutshell. Again, if you're a big fan of the matrix, it's worth watching a supplementary material, but you're not missing a ton heading into the re- resurrections. Yeah. Uh, not watching that. And then we're done. No, I'm kidding. Yeah, there's, uh, of course there's more. There's there's uh, there's honestly like so much out there. I spent an enti- obviously literally could, an entire day today. Yeah, you could go pretty far into the, even just the erotica of this, like <laughs> I did last night. I'm sure you did. All right, so there are a few things that are kind of maybe relevant to the fourth movie that I do want to touch on before we kind of wrap up here. So the first, there's a series of Matrix comment comics out there. Most of them aren't written by the Wachowskis, but there are some notable people who have written them. Like Neil Gaiman has uh, wrote wow. a comic. Yeah. Really? And he said that he's really proud of the one that he read. So so if you're into comics, there's there's some good stuff out there. There was actually re-released back in 2019, I believe, or 2020, because they knew the fourth movie was coming out. So so it's accessible. You can you can find this stuff either online or your local comic store or whatever maybe a library maybe a library yeah and a lot of this i i read through kind of the synopsis of most of these because i'm not a big comic book fan myself but they're mostly compliments to the main series most of them actually don't include characters from the films or if anything maybe they're kind of background like they they're just kind of mentioned briefly or maybe they're they're in the back having lunch somewhere or whatever kind of thing. The one thing I do want to mention from the Matrix comics, because this is something that you and I talked about in the last podcast, is what happens to the humans that are possessed by the agents. Yeah. And so there's actually a comic that explains it. Awesome. It's called Day In, Day Out. And what happens is is that the humans who are possessed or assimilated by the agents are placed in a coma, virtually, hmm. and they return, they're just returned to consciousness if they survive, basically. So similar to what we saw with Sati in the yes, last exactly. yeah because uh she everybody was taken over in mm-hmm. the third film mm-hmm. so we see her later wake up and we see the oracle again yep. so obviously they were put in like a certain state of yeah. like they a pause function state so they wake up okay. confused and if they've been actually hurt like if the agent was in battle they would feel all of that because the agent itself is 
using the host as a shell essentially mm-hmm. so the the agent doesn't really really feel any pain which is kind of like pretty devious yeah, actually. yeah yeah so after that we have a couple of games the first is enter the matrix i'm really not going to touch on this one other than it's kind of a bridge between the first and the second movie and it also complements some of the animatrix stories like the last flight of the osiris the, it's directly reference references that and they actually filmed um during the second and third movie they filmed scenes for that so there's some exclusive scenes in that game but again it's more just kind of bridge between the first and second movie it's not essential necessarily to our viewing of resurrections the big important one that i do want to get to right now though is the matrix online a massive mmo i believe it was out from 2005 to 2009 and then it was shut down after that it's a continuation of events after the matrix revolutions Mm. um and it's officially stated that the plot points of the game were all approved by the Wachowskis. So it's all um, canon. Wow. It's, it's it probably is all canon, and I'm gonna I'm gonna walk you through some of the details here because there is stuff that we can pretty much already confirm, and the questions that you might have from the trailer as you've watched them already might even be answered by what I'm about to talk about here. So it confirms first of all we start with the prime program. And it confirms that the Prime program was not reinserted into the Matrix. So the Matrix was reloaded after the events of the third movie. But the Prime program, they didn't put Neo's uh, stuff back in there. Which means there's no longer a path to the one. There's no longer that program. um, Because it's not necessary to have it anymore. And that's because of the deal that Neo made to allow the humans to leave the Matrix if they choose. The machines actually create like a friendly agent, essentially, to kind of help facilitate that and kind of be the middleman. So like uh, Smith, but opposite. Yeah, exactly. Except for not Neo, but like, because Neo is the opposite. And apparently it has a sense of humor, too, which is kind of interesting. Yeah, interesting. Interesting. I could see that being very fun. And yeah. And so something that's also very important here is that the machines explicitly state that neither neither Neo or Trinity's bodies were recycled. And so what that means is, going back to the first movie, something we didn't touch on, is that humans that die, they recycle them, which means that they liquefy them and feed them into the other humans. So, their bodies not recycled. What gets done to them? We don't know. But Morpheus is demanding of the machines to return neo's body which they refuse to do oh and so neo morpheus gets kind of pissed off here at this point separately people online discover that neo's split his code his rsi which is basically like his avatar essentially Mm. into pieces and fragments throughout the matrix because before he died he thought they might be useful in the future so basically, there's all these different groups who who discover this and are hunting down fragments of the RSI, and there's even kind of a group that knows how to manipulate it to access the code kind of thing. As well, a new kind of uh, group enters the foray at this point, known as the Red Eye Agents. Hmm. Um, so they're a rogue group of agents that aren't happy with the truce that took place between machine and human. That makes sense. And they end up creating better versions of themselves through Neo's RSI code. They're oh. called they're called N3O agents, so like Neo agents. Basically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so they're more powerful. 
Meanwhile, while this is going on, Morpheus decides because Zion isn't willing to go along with Morpheus either. Morpheus is a, is of a course, man yeah. on his own path yeah, kind yeah. of thing. They and never so, really were. Yeah. They were, of course, happy with the results of his uh, things going on, his, his plans that worked out. Yeah. But they were never like, yeah, th- this all makes sense. I'm yeah. going with this guy. Right. They were like, oh, it worked out this time, but we can't trust him. Yeah, exactly. So he's a zealot. So Morpheus began sabotaging the matrix to force the machines to return his body. So what he does is he plants bombs essentially. And what it does is the bombs blow up and it messes with the matrix. And every human being around is instantly made aware of the fact that they're in the matrix. And this isn't the real world. So he's forcefully pulling people out of the matrix. It's like a red pill bomb. Yeah. And people who aren't wouldn't necessarily be ready for that kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. So at this point, everybody turns on Morpheus, basically. Oh, yeah, yeah. So Zion and the machines. There's hmm. still like Niobe and a few other people who like would wouldn't be against Morpheus, but just about everybody is against Morpheus at this point. So Morpheus, while he's planting one of his bombs, is ambushed by a program known as the Assassin and kills Morpheus. Hmm. And that is maybe why we haven't seen Morpheus in any of the trailers and yeah. why there's a, a new Morpheus kind of around. Because later in this, and I'm not, I'm not going to get into it any further than that because it gets kind of convoluted, but a new Morpheus does show up in the game as well. Really? Okay. Yeah. So it's heavily implied that the assassin was hired by the Merovingian to assassinate uh, Morpheus. And that the assassin's actually an exile disposal program, so it was one of the uh, liquefiers kind of thing. Yeah, and uh, one of the disposal programs was that not the father of or the mother of uh, uh, Sadie? Yeah, it might be the father. Yeah. So they were both very similar. They yeah. had they had a, a good vibe, but obviously there could be versions yeah. that exist outside of um, the regular Matrix that could be nefarious that yeah. obviously the Merovingian would latch on to and use. Yeah. So so Niobe, angered by this, gets grabs a group of operatives together and they find and kill the assassin. And then Niobe, realizing that it was probably the Merovingian who was behind this all, starts going after him as well. Learning that his ultimate goal is still to eliminate the Oracle so that he can be basically the all-powerful being of the Matrix and do whatever he wants. While this is all going on back in Zion, the humans maybe aren't following all the pieces of the the truce. The Mm. humans start assume that a second war is going to happen. They want to be prepared. So they actually set up a, a second city and stockpile it full of supplies, like EMPs, stuff like that kind yeah. of thing. They call it New, Z- New Zion. Well, the machines find out about that. They consider that a violation of the truce, so they destroy the original Zion. The original? The original Zion. They're like, you destroyed. make a new one, we take your old one. Yeah, okay? exactly. Yeah. So that's as far as I'm going to get into plot points, I-, I think, that are relevant. There are a couple of groups that I quickly want to mention that might be relevant to the fourth movie. So our first group is called the Cypherites, and they're one of the mm. first groups to kind of emerge. And they're a rogue group of humans who, by the name might sound, believe in the Cypher kind of belief system yeah. of the real world is garbage. We want back in. We want to be like, we don't, 
want to be red pills anymore. We want yeah. to be forced back into the matrix. They want to be full blue. Yeah, they want to be full blue. So that they're they got blue goal, blood. Yeah, their main goal is to re-enter the matrix. Mm. We have the group called EPN, which is E Pluribus Neo, which is another extremist group on the opposite side of the cypherites, and it's led by the kid. Ah, um, of course. And he's pushing to free everyone. Yeah, and again, no matter what they want. No matter what they want. Everyone's free. Everyone yeah. to be free. Yeah. And that's not that goes against the truce. That yeah. goes against like everything that Zion and the machines have agreed upon. Yeah. Our last main important character to maybe be aware of heading into the fourth movie is the General. So the General is a rogue machine program oh. who kind of seems like he might be a good guy he plays a lot of sides in the game and eventually it's revealed that he was actually the commander of the army of sentinels that were attacked zion originally. oh wow okay um and he wasn't happy with the truce either yeah so he's still trying to take down zion he's been playing the long con in here for a while playing a hmm. lot of different sides uh and he's pretty he pretty much aligns with just about everyone at one point or another during the game and he's also the one who powered up the the agents as well so oh, very okay. important character yeah uh, which so we're seeing a lot of Ex- sort of what you would expect from like an AI where um certain like there's branches mm-hmm. and there's ad- adaptations that don't agree with each other mm-hmm. just like we kind of saw in the original trilogy and um yeah there's there's a lot of different groups what I don't know if we're going into this yet but uh-huh. what I'm what I haven't seen yet is a faction that I would expect to be involved in this universe mm-hmm. that says that why don't we join forces again? Mm-hmm. Why do not the humans and the um, machines join as one and like go into the singularity of both combined, the best of both worlds? Yeah, there isn't really that. Like the best that there is is from my reading was is that kind of like loose truce between humans and machines to not affect each other. And honestly, if you go back into the history and watch the second the second uh, Renaissance Renaissance, you'll understand why. There's a lot of bad blood between humans. Yeah, especially as well. Like it, once you've learned the fact that we're on the sixth iteration, and it says at one point that it's approximately a hundred years because you know you have Neo who's about thirty. Let's say 30 here 33 Um, probably yeah let's say 33 so he let's say he goes on to do another iteration so 33 he takes 23 individuals out he lives he dies Mm -hmm. uh, let's say the age of 70 so that's 40 years and then there's the prophecy that another one will eventually come along to save Mm -hmm. the human race so if maybe you wait another 30 years there 40 years so we're, we're almost 100 years there. So we're six iterations. We're 600 years from the in, initial kind of war. So so we're going on like over over half a millennia of, yeah. of war between the humans and the machines. Like that doesn't change overnight. But it's just I'm, – I'm, I'm not thinking within the universe anymore. I'm right. just thinking like as a viewer and as someone who – I, I kind of keep up with like the discussions within AI and stuff. I'm mm-hmm. just interested in that. Mm-hmm. I'm not an expert by any means. But one – like transhumanism is a 
uh, very much a belief. And what we see of the universe is that they're still very much like they, they still understand some history. They don't know that much of human history, really. But you'd think that at a certain point, there would be this like middle ground that says, as soon as you know that humans created the AI, you, then you kind of understand why they did. And it's because humans have been using tools for so long and the, eventually their tools outgrew them and they had a war. Right. But uh, you would think that there would be a, this faction that says, why don't we join together the best of both worlds again? Yeah. That's what I'm thinking might and, and be maybe that in heads, the fourth. Yeah, and maybe that heads into the future more. But at this point in time, there's a lot of fresh wounds still, still there between each faction yeah there's also some other factions that gets explored in the matrix online like i said the vampires and the werewolves, werewolves have different yeah. gangs so they're involved there and again there's a lot of there's a lot of turning between each person like it it, it sounds like it was a cool game i kind of wish that i played it way back in the day but because there's this probably the a simulator or uh what are those called yeah you i think you can find copies of it online but you're not going to get the mmo experience it's just going to be like learning the plot points yeah, i had a hard yeah. time even finding like uh, like on youtube the the cutscenes and stuff like that oh, from it but huh. the story sounds fantastic like yeah. i was i'm i'm pretty invested in all of this here and i hope that they continue on with some of this yeah i'm sure after this resurrection yeah yeah, maybe, and you know what, even maybe we'll get a a rebooted game or something like that, which could be cool. Yeah, that'd so, be unreal. Yeah, we'll see what happens, but that's it for my kind of Matrix Online kind of discussion. Like I said, I think there's actually some crucial components to that that are important to the films, but that's everything that you probably need to know kind of going into them. So we could wrap it up here, or, or. we could talk about fun internet theories and our own theories if we have any that we want to discuss yeah yeah i'm down for that all right let's cool. wrap it up here and then continue <laughs> yeah i mean at this point in time this is everything that you probably need to know going into the film uh if you want to stick around and hang out with us for a little while longer we're going to talk some internet theories and some maybe crazy nut job theories that i came up with it's only two at this point but but yeah, just just some interesting stuff from the internet that have come to light that I, I'm various levels of invested in at this point. Yeah, look forward to this. All right, let's talk first theory. This one's kind of an obvious one. It's kind of big. It it kind of hit the scene maybe two years ago or so, and and I saw it on a few different news places too. Agent Smith is the mm-hmm. actual one. Well, yes. So, so Neo destroyed Smith, who was then reborn into the Matrix, yeah. which fits into prophecy that the man has to be born within the Matrix. Because Neo technically isn't born within the Matrix. Again, he dies and comes back, so I think you can fit it in there. But the one is prophesized to destroy the Matrix and manipulate it as he saw fit. And, and yes, Neo can do things within the Matrix, but it really was Smith who manipulated the Matrix to make it his world, right? Yeah, like, he very much was the first program to very, like, to start adapting mm-hmm. and learning. So, yeah, I could see how that would happen. That's where things get a little interesting here, because if Smith is the one then technically Neo is the father of the one. Mm. And additional kind of interesting piece to this fan theory 
The Oracle deceived everyone so that she could manipulate the system behind the scenes to her benefit. And she guided the events that led to his rebirth as the one. So technically she's his mother. And when Sati and Seraph are assimilated by Mm -hmm. Smith and the Oracle has her last conversation with Smith, and she asks what happened with those two, and he tells her that he assimilated them, basically, and she says, you bastard. Yeah, and yeah. And he goes, you would know, wouldn't you, Mom? Mom, yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. he calls her Mom, which is yeah. interesting. Yeah, and interesting it's, it, it's, like, subtle, and it's never mentioned again, yep. and it's just there, mm-hmm. and, like, and even the fact that he assimilated Sadhi and Seraph, like, he only mentions it because, through the cookies line. Uh-huh. So, yeah, that's a that's definitely like that whole mother father and son yeah iteration movement going on, yeah. So, theory within a theory here because like even that like I think you could you could argue there's two different theories that Agent Smith is the one and that potentially the Oracle did create Smith in one way or another. The, yeah, that's what I was thinking. She might have been even like the person to create the agents to bring balance to the matrix, right? Yeah, because she was she she said that she's there to unbalance things yep. and maybe by but that, like, yeah, sorry, yeah, go ahead. Yeah. Like maybe by creating the Smiths, she created an unbalance and now she's trying to recorrect that balance. Mm-hmm. So as soon as she created the unbalance, she was like, okay, well I have to bring back the balance. Mm-hmm. So let's set up this whole other thing. Yeah. So she might be the first, it's like the first, um, mutation. Yeah. And that's why she's the oracle. She understands the most about each side. Mm-hmm. So she understands the computers and she understands the humans. So yeah. Yeah. She, great character. Like it's Oh, the oracle's I'm, fantastic. Absolutely. Yeah. The fact that she changed bodies and they kind of glossed over they uh, whatever. There's more explanation of it. Like they like kind of explain was... in the movie, but there's actually more explanation of it online. Do you want me to tell you? So what happens <laughs> between the second and third movie is the Merovingian actually succeeds. Uh the deal that he brokers with the family to take Sati mm. is to give uh him the codes to the Oracle. Yeah. And so he destroys her initial shell. And she finds a new shell, essentially. Yeah, yeah, I, I, yeah. From what I read as well, that's um, she had to find a new shell. Yep. So that she could continue living. So she, she didn't get taken, obviously. Yeah. Yep. Um, but it's just the fact that the original actress, who was great, yeah, passed away. Passed away. Yeah, which is unfortunate. So any so further kind of information on this theory, I would recommend going to Film Theory, which is a YouTube channel. They have a really great video on Agent Smith being the one, which summarizes a lot of the internet discussion on it. I highly recommend it. It was really interesting. I'm 50-50 on this one. Like, I don't know if I like the idea or don't like the idea in this one. And it could be very much valid. It doesn't really affect the overall arc of the story necessarily our next internet theory the matrix within the matrix theory yes yes so that the real world is just another layer of the matrix so it's the first inception yes yeah first layer of inception yeah yeah so i don't know where they would think this obviously we would now think this Uh just thinking back on it but there's no indication of it but there was 
There is some indication, potentially. Because the support that I found for the theory online is that Neo's able to use his powers outside of the Matrix and see kind of the same, like, Matrix kind of vision that he does. Uh, yeah, um, and yeah. Smith controlling Bane outside the Matrix because this wasn't thought possible, but an easy explanation would be that he's just a program moving from one system to another. Yeah, yeah. Like, that's... That's, I guess, the only logical way to go. Yeah. But again, like you were going to say just now, like, it would almost kind of make sense that the machines would have levels of fail safes, basically, yeah. in order to keep the humans under a level of control. And we, we even see that, right? Like, the manipulation that the machines perform over Neo is, is pretty extensive. Like, yeah. they, they send him on this path of the one, the whole like messiah complex like everything is kind of uh all different systems of control so why not have another layer of control being another level of the matrix yeah it, it just takes away from the whole urgency the yeah. whole need the whole story yeah like if they were super beyond in control to the point that they recreated a shitty reality outside of the matrix mm -hmm. to house the people who thought they escaped yeah. it would abs absolutely be genius mm -hmm. but there'd be no point to the whole film like everything really right unless there is a very drastically different area that we're going to be seeing in the next movie yeah, so I imagine the fourth movie is either going to confirm or deny this theory. Yeah. I would imagine that this theory doesn't hold water. Yeah, I would agree with that. Our next theory. The machines take Neo's body to re reload the Matrix at the end of the third movie. So we know at this point that the, the Matrix was reloaded based on the MMO. So we'll have to kind of see how much the fourth movie follows kind of the plot points of the MMO. I, I wouldn't be shocked if they take some pieces from the yeah. MMO and, and leave others kind of thing. Honestly, I could see this being a pretty valid theory. Like, the Matrix would almost have to be reloaded after the third movie with Smith taking over everyone. Like, everyone having that conscious break yeah, would, yeah. would so detrimentally affect everyone's consciousness and like acceptance of the matrix yeah. that you would have to reload it. I would say that there'd be almost like a, um, a new program written that's similar to the Oracle that can pick out. It's almost like a Morpheus program mm -hmm. where it can pick out who is ready to leave the matrix and live in the real world. Right and who isn't and who doesn't ever want to and that's where that friendly agent might come into play yeah, a little bit yeah, as well yeah. right to facilitate that another film theory that i have from online is that we've already met five other versions of the one within the first three films yes so the theory goes that the order of the previous versions are smith the train man the twins Hemon, seraph and Neo in that order. That's the that are the six. What about the Merovingian? It's not. That's a whole other theory. That's my theory. Is that it's the Merovingian? But the main theory is that it's actually Smith was the first, and that's yeah. why Smith has yeah. such a hatred for humanity. Mm. But the Merovingian's never shown to have the powers. He's more like the mental kind of games, right? That's why he wasn't in the first iteration of the theory. I personally preferred the Merovingian in and Smith out. Yeah, yeah, um, I would agree. 
uh, like I I really feel the Smith as a program who's learned to hate humanity over his time having to like be the shepherd of humanity. And basically. yeah, it's it's each iteration that just spoils him a little bit more. He learns just enough. Yeah. And it's like his code was in a very specific path where each iteration that he had just learned a little bit mm-hmm. just told him like based on the information I just learned and my original code these humans suck. <laughs> yeah. And we also like hear the Merovingian's wife tell Neo that they used to be more alike and that originally the Merovingian was driven by a purpose. Mm. And to me, like that really implies that the Merovingian may have been the one or, or yes. previous iteration of the one. Yeah. And I could see if he was the very first one, have for having to live this many lives, like he's 600, like probably, yeah. well, probably about four to 500 years into his lifetime. Yeah. Right. At this point, he doesn't care about humanity. He's, like he's given into the, the uh, hedonistic lifestyle. Yeah, exactly. Because, and yeah, so, so there's that. And he's very much portrayed as the Hades. Mm-hmm. He, Hades and Persephone, who are guardians of the underworld, so they're like the underworld of the Matrix, right. and they love their life down there. Yeah, and they can control things, they can change things, they can influence. And they've and, accepted that the One will eventually come and try yeah. to take whatever they've got because the Oracle will push that. Yeah. But but, it's just a minor inconvenience yeah, over a lifetime. Yeah, and they also understand as being one of the first ones that they there's still a chance that they can just take power. Yep. So they've given up on the humanity side and they're just enjoying their power. Yeah. And yeah, so I'm it's fully a very, on board with the Merovingian being the first one. I yeah. like and I honestly I'm pretty on board with this theory in general because the train man, sure. Uh the twins, again, sure. Se- Seraph? I really see as being a previous one. Like oh, I yeah. could, I could absolutely see that. Haman is the counselor, the older counselor mm. that we didn't really talk about. Yeah. But I could see him being the past iteration of the one who had to bring the twenty-three yeah, with yeah. him. And you could ask, well, why isn't he brought up that fact before? He's probably guilty, like feeling guilty as hell yeah, about yeah. the fact that he doomed the previous Zion to, to yeah. be destroyed. And after that. Smith, Neo, whichever you want you want at that point. But that would so that's actually a minor other change that I made is the original order went Haman and then Seraph. Uh I per Seraph and then Haman next because that makes more sense to me personally. Because why would Seraph have come after Haman who's still alive based on timelines that we know? Yeah, I'm I like that I like that theory a lot. Our next one is that Sentinels have a fail-safe program to stop them from killing the one in the real world. And that's yeah. actually how Neo was able to stop them yeah. and reload it. Yeah. Uh, I'm, again, I'm pretty I'm pretty much a fan of that one. Uh-huh. I'm open it, to that, yeah. Yeah, it, it makes kind of, yeah, Neo's abilities a little bit more make sense. The last one I want to quickly just touch on is Sati, the kid, is going to be the next Oracle. Like, she's being groomed to be the next Oracle and helping bake cookies with the oracle is kind of learning and the oracle passing on her knowledge essentially yeah yeah yeah. and explaining that like each batch needs a little bit of love Mm, exactly something like that exactly yeah yeah. yep so Um, those are those mm. are the internet theories that i liked online that i wanted to quickly touch on that also might play some sort of level of effect on the next movie. I, I don't know how much, but I, th- I think the Wachowskis also like to people keep people guessing a little bit. Yeah, so. yeah. And just one little thing. Like, the only... We have a new Morpheus. We have 
Trinity, will she be Carrie Ann Moss? Carrie yep. Ann Moss will be back. Yep. And uh, Keanu Reeves is back with, but with a beard. Yes. So <laughs> obviously he's going to be slightly different in this iteration. Yep. Because uh, as we know, when you go into the Matrix, you see yourself in a certain way. Yep. Uh, so that might be, I don't know, that's just a small change. Obviously, we don't know too much other than that. I'll tell you who we have that I want to tell you who that we have. Because there's one that I read that I wish I didn't read. But we have Neo returning, Trinity returning. We have a version of Morpheus. We don't know yeah. what. Yeah, we have Sati is coming back. Uh, the Merovingian, who's probably going to play a pretty large role. Uh, is he the same actor? Yes, Lambert nice. Wilson is back. Oh, awesome. Uh, and Jada Pickensmith. Oh, nice. And then I don't, I don't, there's one other character that I don't want to spoil yet. All right, so let's talk. I have a couple theories. If you have a couple theories, we'll talk about those too. So my first theory is that Neo is a program. In a more literal sense than the Prime program. This was kind of my initial theory as I was was watching the films and started to develop it as time went on. And that that would ha- explain like how he's able to control the sh- machines out in the real world. How he follows the path of the one kind of thing and all of that. But I think now that I've done all this research, I, th- I think it's probably more similar to what he actually is. Uh, since he, he's kind of a representation of the anomalies. That's something that... I really had to dig online to fully understand that he's like that they actually put the program, the path of the one system into him to push him towards the reboot of the matrix kind of thing. So that it keeps all of the anomalies like going towards a certain area and then they can control it. Yeah. Basically like he's, I don't know. I think they, what they do is they basically like put like research all of the anomalies and get all of the data and put it into Neo to like, meta like like basically put it into one key essentially and then they use that key to reboot the matrix like fix all the issues and then reboot it kind of thing Hmm. um so are the computers are the ai then trying to improve their system or are they just running this program over and over just like rebooting because it works i can't imagine they're not trying to make improvements to the system and that's where we get like the The programs yeah the and the programs that are uh, sent for deletion that go to exile and stuff like that. Yeah. Like, I think they're always trying to update. It's like Facebook always yeah, trying to make, yeah. like, new iterations. Or y- your phone always trying yeah. to tell you to re-download the new stuff. Exactly, yeah, yeah. exactly. So. But, and this is before all that. Like, at least the original trilogy was all basically before all that. Yeah, it's before, like, update the, now, the, the constant push of updates. Yeah, yeah. Like, so, I'm, I'm, what I'm really looking forward to is the new... 20 years on modern take on what we believe technology to be like. There's always hints to what the future looks like in sci-fi. Yeah. Because yeah. like the original Star Trek, I'm pretty sure had like cell phones basically yeah. and stuff. So it like, there's always stuff that people speculate in sci-fi that ends up coming true. So yeah, the different versions of a future of dystopia and utopia yep. and things like that. When you look at like um, Brave New World and 1984, we see elements of those today. Yeah. So when you look at other sci-fi, like The Matrix, like, yeah, like what what are we going to see today? Yeah. That's what I'm so curious about because have we like pushed past what we were thinking about back then? 
Yeah, that's a good point. Like, because, where where does the Matrix go from here? Yeah, there's there's so much to think about that I'm thoroughly excited to see where they take this. Yeah. And if this completely flops, I will be very upset. <laughs> yeah, so will I. I can't oh. see it happening. I think it'll be good. I think it'll be good. I think I'll enjoy it. I think I'll enjoy it. Yeah. My last big theory, and this one's big one. This is the one I went down the rabbit hole. I I found plot points that made sense. I'm just going to quickly go over it because we don't have time to get into my brain. But the Oracle is the one who changed the game. So we're, we're at iteration six at this point. Why mm. is this iteration any different than the mm. past iterations? Why did Neo choose to save Trinity? Because the Oracle pushed Trinity to the idea that she would fall in love with the one yeah. and built that into the path of the one basically. And she put the pieces in place for Neo to choose whether or not to save Trinity and humanity because she is, don't forget. She is the investigator of human behavior. She knew exactly what would happen if she, if she pointed these people and put these pawns in the right spots. Mm -hmm. Again, this is a sixth iteration. What's different from this and so the Oracle keeps harping on the fact that all of the choices were already made and the characters needed to focus on how they would interpret the choices. Mm -hmm. She's pushing them. She's pushing them here. And I think that she was the one who made all of these choices. And that's my interpretation is that all of the choices were made by the Oracle. And that's what she's essentially saying too, is you don't have choice anymore because I've made the choices for you. You need to read what I'm giving you so that you can come up with the solution that I'm providing you yeah, to yeah. end the war. Because that's what she wants, right? Yeah. Is to end the war. So I think that she set up everyone. I don't think she tried to. I think it's that she had to. No, because she, she that's not her program. Her program is to put the the one on the path of yeah, the one in yeah. order to reload the matrix over so, and over, over again and over. to keep so the that, machines going. Yeah, because yeah, even okay. even the architect says at the end, you played a dangerous game. Yeah, and yeah. Sephiroth asked her, is this what you expected to happen? And she says, I didn't know it was going to happen, but I believed. Yeah, I believed yeah. that my choices yeah. were going to set this path, basically. I really think that the Oracle was the one who did this. Yeah, yeah, I see that very much. Because if you really look at it, it's basically she had been experiencing Groundhog Day scenario mm -hmm. where she is the only one who remembers what will happen and happen and happen. Well, and, and seeing hundreds of years of human behavior and learning about love and yeah. all of these other aspects of humanity that the machines don't understand, like... She's she, got to start to empathize with that too, right? Yeah, yeah. One, she's bored, and one, she empathizes. Yeah. And she's, like, if you put anyone in a Groundhog Day scenario, like when you see... Um, Bill Murray? Bill Murray go through it. Yeah. Like, he, like, like someone falls off a ladder, he picks him up, and he does it every day, and he's like, no, what, I'm just going to let them fall today. But, like, in this scenario, she had seen all of this as an AI supercomputer. She understands every little data point that went on. Yeah. And she's like, okay, if we're going to do this again, we might as well lean it towards these guys this time. Yeah. And so she starts the, yeah, I, I see where you're going with that, and that's a very good theory. Basically... We don't need anything else but the Oracle. <laughs> yeah, that's basically it. Next time you watch it, keep that in mind. And you'll there will be a lot of comments that get made and things that get said and actions that happen 
that really pushed me towards that and and i'm i'm really confident in that theory like that it that it was in there and it's not really a, a main theory that i've i've found online kind of thing but that's something that i'm i'm really feeling is is what happened it does leave kind of, it's a trope as well though like if you go into it far enough she's like um like there's too many ex- like that's too easy yeah cuz she's it's almost uh they call it like a mary sue where um it's like a fictional character who's like immune to weaknesses and right but the weakness was siding with humanity she's yeah, a program yeah. designed to keep humans in check and yeah. to design the matrix to be as perfect as possible without like letting like the least amount of anomalies and like yeah and things and while also setting on set finding the person to be the one to set the right person yeah, on yeah. the path of the one to reload the matrix at the right time so yeah maybe she was just given just a little bit enough intelligence that she got bored and she's like let's change it yeah i think she just came to grow compassion for compassion humans. or yeah. boredom yeah. Which one is more important? <laughs> we'll see you in the next episode. Yeah, exactly. That's it for my theories, though. Yeah, I, yeah. I like I said, I, that one really grew on me throughout the this watch. Mm. I didn't I didn't feel it until about partway through the second one is when I started to think about that hmm. and see see all the like potentials where that might have occurred. I don't know if you have any other theories you want to talk about. No, basically we've. Like you hit on a bunch of them that I've seen, yep. and uh, my personal theories are basically very outlandish and sexual. <laughs> so we'll leave them. You spent way too much time in uh, the erotica fanfic. version. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't know that. That's what we were not talking. I thought we were talking about that section. So I went a little too far into that <laughs> for the past three months. Because that is what's going to come up in the fourth movie. <laughs> it might. It oh, might. Oh, man. The Wachowskis have been reading a lot of fanfic. And writing some, apparently. Uh, All right. <laughs> let's let's do some final thoughts on the films before we wrap this up. Because we haven't talked about our thoughts. Yeah. So, in my opinion, The Matrix Reloaded still holds up. Like, I, I love the ideas, the action sequences. Yeah, some of the CGI is, like, outdated now and the effects they were maybe the first movie the effects were groundbreaking the second movie they tried to make the effects groundbreaking again but they couldn't they couldn't stand like they just couldn't land like thing technology wasn't ready for everything yeah 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 and it could have that could have been the same issue with the first one they just got lucky on the first one yeah so so yeah they they introduced this new bar and then like they're they're standing on the shoulders of giants yep with the first film and then they're trying to put like a little figure on top of standing on top of that giant, whatever. Right. Like you can't, you can't, you can't double the bar yeah. in two years yeah. or whatever it took for them to put out the second one. Yep. So people were absolutely mind blown by the first one, by the, the combination of elements that they created yeah. that when they saw the second one, they were expecting the same jump. And it didn't hit as strong. It was still very good. Yeah. But it didn't... The the society built... Like, everybody who's excited for the second Matrix built it up way too much. Yeah. 
at that time. Yeah, because that's the, the thing is they had a couple of years. They had like I think it was four years to wait between the first and second. Yeah, and yeah, the the first the second Reloaded was not what did not meet what expectations were set yeah. for it. Basically, people still enjoyed it, yeah. and then and then the third and and the other problem with it is too, and I agree with this one online actually, is there are points in time where. They make the movie convoluted for more to confuse you than to actually, like, add to the story. Like, Colonel Sanders mm. talks with very large words that are very hard to understand. Your first watch, sir, you're not going to understand everything that he's explaining to Neo. Yeah. Uh, it takes, like, honestly, this was helpful for me as well in understanding everything that's happening. Trying to summarize it in my own words, essentially. Yeah. Because... It, it it's complicated and it and it doesn't need to be and i understand why because of the architect and who the architect is and everything but at the same time for the viewer it, it's unnecessarily convoluted yeah and also like the the second aspect that was definitely a very important aspect to why it didn't like it, why it wasn't as well received? Yeah, it wasn't as re- well received. So uh, the second one was they lost the um like the initial impact of like the lines that they were saying. Like they yeah. had, they had so many great lines. Like Hugo Weaving, his monologues were absolutely amazing. Honestly, I don't think they really dropped off that much. No. <laughs> his did not. Yeah, but everyone else's lines over the trilogy just kind of went downhill. Yeah, I agree. And actually, I didn't write this down, but this is a thought that I had partway through. I think it was at the end of the second or early third that Morpheus as a character kind of lost purpose. Yeah, like yeah, I don't know completely. why I've never noticed that before, but like he kind of had like the Star Wars sequel trilogies issue where they just kind of lost like a purpose for Morpheus and then he was just kind of there. Yeah, he's like I still believe guys. Yeah. He's just in the background like yeah, you, and he was you such go a great Neo. Character yeah. for the first movie. Yeah, but... absolutely amazing in the first and they lost him. They yeah. they stopped writing him yeah. well. And like every single one of his lines, the dreams and the waking yeah. and the um his balance within what was going on in the film in the first and... was so important and then Nothing in the second and third. Yeah. Small hints. Of, it was like a shadow of him. Yeah. So I, that's where I landed too. Yeah. And so Hugo Weaving and Agent Smith's lines were still pretty damn good. Yep. And his delivery was just phenomenal. But at the same time, in the second and very much in the third, mm-hmm. they added all these like dumb, like campy slogans and side lines. characters. They tried yeah. to make every side character be as equally badass yeah. as every other character. Yeah. And this is a bigger problem with the third movie on, on this yeah. watch that I found. That there was just so much time spent on these weaker characters yeah. that we weren't invested in at this yeah. point in time. Like, not- Niobe, she was worth investing in. That, yeah. And they did a great job in how amazing of a pilot she was. Yep. But then um, Captain Maifuni... The uh, guy in, yep. like, with the... Shoot it, like, in yeah. the mech. Yeah. He was pretty decent, but his whole line of, like, knuckle up. Yeah. It was and just, like, it was, like, a, it was written for eight-year-olds at yeah. that point. When there, it used to be 
and it, again he had so that well. he they tried to give him that badass monologue and everything and it was like this like this watch particular i tried to yeah. watch this a little bit more critical than i have yeah. in the past and that's where i i was seeing kind of the faults a little bit where he doesn't need a big epic speech like we've already had that we already know what the stakes are like like let's just keep moving things along because i care about what's happening with neo right now that's yeah, that's what yeah. i care about and honestly his the best scene there's two scenes that are very memorable for him and it's him just like being a badass in the suit not saying knuckle mm-hmm. up everything yeah. like saying the knuckle up ruined him but like him just being a badass in the suit there's a few scenes where he was good and then his dying where yeah. his like face is cut in half yeah that was that was well done yeah i like that too i agree the third film to me overall just really feels really bloated. They they spend all this time on all these side plus side characters. Yeah. Like we we probably get through or at least it feels like about an hour of screen time without Neo during the war and everything yeah, and the yeah. battle. It was a boring war. Yeah. Boring like, battle. Like there was I think some they could have it could have been more concise. The, yeah. I I've always I always thought in the past that I really enjoyed it, but this time I struggled with it a little bit more, and I think it was the realization of the side characters, and that's a little bit something that we've seen more in like TV of recent kind of thing is mm. if having side characters with side plots that don't really matter because we're so invested in everything else, and and that's unfortunate because in a, in a way it's because we're so invested in the main characters and the main storylines that like adding this extra bloat in it actually it hurts everything else that we're so passionate about essentially and that's why we're upset about it. it's not because yeah. you know we're a bu- bunch of grumpy internet nerds it's yeah. because we've spent all all this time with the main characters and building this connection with them only for you to tell us that that you know we'll, we'll get to them later like yeah, this, well, is the, this is the yeah, important stuff yeah now. and it's like they already built the world yeah and now they're trying to throw in all these things that are just distractions. Yeah. And they we could have went for more depth instead of breadth. Yeah. There. One character that I did love was Chara, mm-hmm. and she had this. She was the girl with the uh, buzzed head. Uh-huh. And her and Z go out, and they're trying to. Oh, rock, with the RPGs. Yeah, rocket down the the drill. Yeah, the diggers. Sentinels. Yeah, the, yeah, yeah, yeah. Her scenes were great. She acted them very well. Yeah. And there's nothing campy about her character. Yes. That one was written well, and that was a good addition. Very, I very I somber. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And very badass. She was yeah. like the uh, Charlize Theron of the 2003 yep. of that time, where like I could very much see how in Mad Max, the second one or whatever. Yeah, Furiosa. Yeah, uh, Furiosa. Yeah, yeah. Furiosa. Furiosa. Furiosa, yeah. Yeah, That, I could see those, like, that could have been the same actress, yep. almost. Yeah. Just 20 years apart. Yeah, I agree. 15. Uh, yeah, it, it's not to say that, yeah, none of the side plots felt unnecessary, but we spent too much yeah, time with them. Yeah, very much. It could be cut down. Uh, somewhere between the second and third movie, it kind of clicked for me that that the second and third feel like two parts of a whole while the first movie really stands up on its own. Like yeah, you can yes. watch the first movie, but if you watch the second or third movie, you have to watch both of them together. Yeah. Really. Yeah. 
to get the full story basically yeah. and that's kind of that kind of goes into filming a little bit here because the second and third films were actually filmed together mm. and the Wachowskis actually originally intended for the films to be released within a month of each other so they wanted the release Damn. schedule to be May 2003 and then June 2003 but the studios forced them to push that six months between each other and that's actually partially why the second part had such a negative reception is because people stewed over the second movie yeah. before the third one came out for so long mm. and and it didn't meet those expectations. Interesting. Yeah, yeah. It was like nobody had really done that before no. where they tried to release back to back and that quickly. in one month. Yeah. yeah. That even it w- 6 months is yeah. unheard of. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. It would have been unreal to see it back to back because yep. you would have had some you would have time to, to the, think. You could have gone then, to the drive-in and yeah. seen it one then the other. Yeah, yeah. That, oh, imagine that. Yeah. So so here's my final takeaway, and, and this might be a little controversial, and there's nothing to support this online, and I don't think anyone would ever, ever, ever officially say this, but I kind of wonder if the Wachowskis actually thought about making only one sequel originally. And potentially... Between the second and third movie, I think there might be a really great super film in this. If if we were to cut most of the, Z- the Zion side character pieces, maybe some of the other plot lines that don't necessarily go anywhere or add much, and that'd be something that, personally, I might be kind of interested in doing. Yeah, yeah, super cut. Yeah, 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 like, yeah. I tried for looking for one online, and there's a couple online. The most popular one is a fan edit, which takes out all of the Zion parts of movie one and two and so basically it's mostly the second movie and then the third movie is like i don't know 30 or 45 minutes basically long apparently even that has its issues which i could very much believe like there's certain things that i think you need to see because you have to understand the stakes of what neo is doing right like with the machines and everything and so i think certain aspects of the war or the battle are important but probably don't need neo to have his talk with counselor haman and going and seeing like the underbelly of the matrix like yeah for for my own interest like 20 times through it's kind of neat to see like that you know they thought about what was going on and how how zion ran and stuff like that but we probably don't need that need that we probably don't need like the rave uh and the sex scene if this was a book series previously and it was like three to five books yep we would be looking at this and we would be saying why didn't they go see that and and they would have cut that from the film. Yeah. Yeah. But, so, so like, so the world building mm-hmm. is kind of important. And I very much agree with you where like that could be cut. It also was important. It's yeah. It's you, you'd have there. to spend some time to really edit this down, I think. Mm. But I think some of, I think some of the bloat was studio involvement. So. Yeah. 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 So that's where I land on all three of them. Second one, still a great movie. I absolutely love it. The third one, is starting to maybe starting to feel a little bloated for me and and not holding up as well to all of the views I've watched in the past. I always used to enjoy as a kid the action scenes and everything, but I think as I've matured, I've come to realize why the third film kind of doesn't have the same reverence as the first or the second. Yeah, yeah. It's a, it's very understandable as you like Honestly, yeah, if you watch them all the way through and you're not someone who gets bored easily, mm-hmm. amazing. Yeah. Like, it, it's all 
it's all good. Yeah. It's all above the bar of like entertaining. Yeah. It's just not as crazy as when you first saw the first one. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. So overall, I think that's where I could leave it. It's Man, a lot. I'm yeah. actually I'm actually looking forward to getting back into shit that we haven't seen for a bit. Yeah, same here. Same here. We have been we've been on the Matrix train for a long time yeah, now. Yeah. So I'm very excited for the next one, and we're going to yes. go watch that together, and we're going to do one last episode on that. Yeah, and it's going to be smaller probably too. We're just going to talk initial thoughts. We're going to talk yeah. like what, what, what we our liked, thoughts are, what, what we, we yeah. didn't like, what we expect from maybe the ending where where that leads us, yep. what happens. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, All right. Well, thanks for uh, hanging out with us for – I don't even know how long this podcast will end up being once I've trimmed the hell out of it, but – uh as always thanks for watching it's been a great time vcr with you jason yeah man we've been uh wearing all this leather since we've been talking about this podcast or this uh movie Assless I'm, I'm excited chaps. oh i'm excited <laughs> to take them off they're getting there, a little there's not much to take off on these yeah. assless chaps but yeah. anyway have a good one everyone we'll see you after our viewing of the matrix resurrections yeah coming out Very december exciting. 22nd everybody go watch it listen to this then watch the new movie then come back for the recap and re-listen to this again and see what we were right about and what we were wrong about yes <laughs> all right bye everyone